Welcome to another episode of Hot Marriage and Cool Parents. I am your host, Douglas Hayner, joined by my lovely wife. What's your name again? Jamie Nicole. Henley? (laughs) Can you believe it's been five effing years that we've been together? I honestly can't believe that. I barely remember the wedding, but I have to say that the last... You barely remember our wedding? Yeah. Well, I have to say that the last couple of years, the last two years, I've loved you more and more every single day. Aww. And seeing you with Henley and us raising a daughter together, it's literally been the joy of my life. So I want to thank you You're for make me cry. a wonderful five years. And I love you. Oh my gosh, Douglas. You're going to make me cry. I'm tearing a little too. I can see you're tearing. Yeah. It's going to make me cry. Don't cry. That's so nice. Actually, cr- make sure you're talking while you cry because then it sounds really good. You're so crazy. <laughs> that was like so nice and unexpected. Yeah, I love you. I love you too, Douglas. Should we kiss? I mean, <laughs> I don't know if this is getting <laughs> weird for you guys. Are you listening? <laughs> but no, I love That's you like, too. And, and it means so much I, to me. I appreciate you and everything Aww. that you've done. And, Thank you, Doug. And I love you. And I I really don't know where I would be without you. That's really so nice. I mean, same though, because I, yeah. I think we all know that I'm, I'm a little straight-edged and very serious. You help me chill out a little bit and you bring on a lot of corny jokes. Of course. After. <laughs> that I roll my eyes at a lot of the time, but <laughs> sometimes I laugh, which is nice. Behind every great man... There's a woman rolling her eyes. That's very true. <laughs> I don't know if that's a quote, but I think I've heard it somewhere. Yeah. Our five-year anniversary was awesome though, because it was just so nice to have a day, the whole entire day with Gracie. Yeah. We went hiking at Griffith Park in LA and... Thankfully, we made love during the day because we were both super tired at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's really funny. <laughs> Actually, so Gracie was napping. I just got out of the shower and I just w- walked into the room. Doug was like doing a little bit of work on the computer. I just walk into the room naked and he like, instantly... I'm not supposed to react to that. Yeah. And I didn't even like think of anything. <laughs> We've been married now for so long. I don't know. And so then <laughs> it was a nice spontaneous thing because now that I'm tracking my ovulation... You're nervous. You're, you're, you're talking nervous. Right now? Yeah. I'm not nervous. Okay. I mean, I'm talking about our sex life right now. So that's a little it's, weird. It's funny. But, it's, but <laughs> now that I'm tracking my ovulation, our sex life has become a bit scheduled. And so this was a nice spontaneous... Yeah, it was. For our little five-year anniversary... Then we went to Griffith Park, like I said. We went hiking with Gracie. And then we had date night and we had a sitter. The, the only time we had a date <laughs> night, the whole time. We got there and it was almost closing. But we did go out to dinner and it, there was a lovely woman that was singing karaoke. Doug which was I was picking thought, on her. I didn't get it. Whatever. She was like, Valerie, <laughs> come ex- on over, Valerie. That's, that's exactly how she sounds. Sorry that I just like blew your ear out. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But I had to give a visual. No, but it did lead us to decide to do something very special for ourselves. So five years to me, that's a ginormous milestone yeah. that you shouldn't take lightly, no matter what it is. If your kid's five, if your marriage is five, if you've been dating for five years, if you've been in school for five years, it's half a decade. That's ginormous. Mm-hmm. It is a, a good number. There's not many times where you reflect, or maybe it's just me, but reflect on how far you've come and where you are and the journey that you've taken because not taking time to appreciate where you are and appreciate the things that you have and the hard work that you put in to get there, that is what this meant to me, this five years. I never really clumped it together in years until there was this five-year mark. 
sometimes if you just stop and be present in the moment and think about all you've accomplished and all you've done in your life Mm. and sit down and be like, wow, give yourself a little pat in the back. Thank the universe that you've had these opportunities. I write a letter. Do you write a letter? To the universe. Yeah, it's a love letter. Well, now you're talking about our future guests. (laughs) We have Audrey and Jeremy Roloff on the podcast later today. They have an awesome love story. But before we bring them on the podcast, I wanted to share what we're doing for our five-year anniversary. So we're going to Curacao. And Doug, can you explain what... I mean, I didn't really know where Curacao was. I think it's a drink. I think it's a type of alcohol. It sounds like it. But I was like, Kerkawi? Like, what? Because I was like, how do I say this? To me, it seems like a very secluded island. It's not super touristy. So for our anniversary, I really wanted something that was super low-key. Intimate, personal. Romantic. Lots of roses to smell. Yes. We're going to stop and smell all of them. Now, we do have a little secret something just to celebrate our five-year anniversary up our sleeve that we are definitely going to share with you first. So then we were thinking, like, what are we going to do while we're there? Like, I mean, we could just literally sit on the beach all day and I would be happy, but I'd probably be fried like a lobster. So, And I have ADD, so I'd be bouncing everywhere. So jet skiing is definitely... I mean, since I'm not pregnant, I'm doing all the things that you can't do when you're pregnant. If I'm not going to be pregnant, I'm going to freaking enjoy not being pregnant. Remember when we went to Boston and you weren't allowed to go on a Segway? Yeah. You couldn't go on a Segway tour because you were pregnant. So we're going jet skiing and snorkeling. And I was thinking about swimming with dolphins. Yeah, um, But Doug, that's like a hard no for you. That is a hard no for me. There's not many topics that get me as heated as the fact that the world still puts dolphins and whales and orcas in cement cages, these things that are meant to be in the wild. And for 16 years, I was a lifeguard at Manasquan Beach. And every single day, you would see dolphins going and playing. But we would also be able to go out on a surfboard or out on a kayak and just go next to it. And it isn't until you get up close to them till you realize that these animals are so intelligent that they are such a lovely species that should not be locked up in a tank. They are communicating with each other. They're in pods, they're in families. And the fact that we rip their families apart and put them in cages and put them in cement barrels where they can't communicate. They just spend a life of just misery. Well, what is that documentary that you had me watch way back when we were like three months? Married? Well, there's Blackfish, which is which is one about the orca. Yeah. There's also the Cove, the dolphin slaughter in Taiji, which I can't believe is still going on. If you haven't seen Blackfish, if you haven't seen the Cove, the only reason why these captures and why we're locking these animals up is because people go to the shows. Stop going to the shows. Imagine putting your kids in a cage and having them just live a life in a cage while people watch them. And we need to teach each generation to teach each generation that these animals are meant to be in the wild. Yeah. No, I hear you. You're so you're so passionate about it. It's kind of like it. And it's trying to turn me on. <laughs> you're so into this. And I'm sorry to take the the vacation part in, yeah, wow. into a weird area or a weird category, but this is something that really gets under my skin. Yeah. Do not support these monsters that lock up and separate these families. It's these slavery. Families. It is different than if there's an animal that can't survive in the wild. Yeah, you know, like a great. rescue is wonderful. A rescue and release is great but we're taking these children out of the ocean. And it's only because people go to the shows and pay money. Stop. Are you done preaching? I'm done. (laughs) We're making baby number two after that. (laughs) 
I mean, honestly, I don't think the majority of people who go to these shows are terrible people. They're not cruel people. They don't think about it. They don't necessarily know. Like, I didn't know that when you say that they're taking the kids out of the, the ocean, it's true because when you watch the documentary, you see how they like put the nets around the they babies. They live in pods. They communicate with each other. Yeah. They're social animals. It's really sad. It and is And we sad. take away their communication. We take away their family. We take away their freedom. And it is wrong. Yeah, I totally agree. But on a lighter note, I mean, we read every single review anybody writes. And comments on social media. Literally, we, we genuinely do because we like <laughs> to get to know you and hear your thoughts. I love your feedback. I feel like we don't get enough of it. And we want to give you guys shout outs. Yeah, we want to get to know you personally. So I am going to highlight Love Peace Minnesota because she left a review. It says, enjoy following your life. Keep sharing. Jamie and Doug are amazing podcasters and truly lovely people. I listen to this podcast each week and enjoy following their journey. Listen, thank you, thank you so, so much Love for that. Love Peace Minnesota. And then I also want to give a shout out to Mom of Will, Wife of Wes. I thought that was a great title. <laughs> Okay, mom of Will, wife of Wes. Way she to says, yourself. Yeah, she says, love this podcast. Listen to it on my iPhone with every new episode. Put Wifey 101 on Audible. And I'd love for you to read and record it. I'm a mom of 21-month-old. I don't read because obviously I can't <laughs> hold a book while chasing my kiddo. But Audible and podcasts have been my life. Girl, Yay. I get you. You're not the first person to tell me about the whole put my book Wifey 101 on Audible. Now, when the kid gets to two, is that when you stop with the months? You stop aging kids by month. It's so funny because I always said I wasn't going to... After a year, after you, a year old... You've been saying 19 months. Yeah, I say 19 months because like she's 19 months. It's a year and a half. I know, but I'm with mom of Will, wife of Wes. I still <laughs> say the months. I think after like two years, you'll no. stop saying... I mean, I'm not going to go around saying my kid's 36 months old. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm going to start saying I'm 118 months old. Yeah, that's so funny. So... I think it's about time we invite Jeremy and Audrey Roloff on the podcast. They have a beautiful story. Their book is called A Love Letter Life. And that was just released April 2nd. And it's already literally a number one bestseller on Amazon. It has multiple five-star reviews. And I just want to talk to them more. So their story is that they were on Little People Big World and they were married on TLC. That's a TLC show. It's a long reality life. Yeah. Yeah. But the interesting thing is that they were married in 2014. Doug, you and I were married in 2014. Our kids are the same age. Yeah. We had Gracie in in August of 2017. And then they had their daughter, Ember, in September of 2017. Yeah. Which means that we conceived right around the same time. That's just, you just took that to a very weird place. Yeah. yeah, I guess so. (laughs) But yeah, we couldn't be more excited to have them on the podcast. Wait till you hear them. Their love for each other is infectious. It really is. A lot of couples are inspired by you guys. So they have a blog beating 50%. And funny enough, that was the Married at First Sight pitch to us was to see, can they change the statistics? Oh, wow. Interesting. Yeah. But I want to take it back for you guys because I think the whole premise of your new book, which is just coming out now, it's a, called A Love Letter Life. And the whole premise is how you guys started dating, right? And how, Jeremy, you would hand type letters to Audrey yeah. while you were like... Is it called hand typing? <laughs> yeah. I think so. I mean, I know, right? Yeah. Typewriter letters are technically called a hand type. Yeah. Are they? Ah. yeah. No, I think it's super unique and we're excited to hear it. Yeah. So tell us, how did you guys meet? Yeah. Totally. Well, funny, we actually met on a blind date. Really? Before church. So, like, our church was opening another campus in town and it was a double blind date, but they were dating. My friend invited me, Audrey's friend invited her. And then we were the blind date part of it, but it was a double date. 
And yeah, but we trusted our friends. They knew us and they were dating. We both so resisted. Like, okay. We both but neither of us had ever been on a blind date. Yeah. yeah. And we both almost said no. <laughs> yes, that's right. We wanted to say no. But anyways, we went to dinner, did that whole thing. Then we went to church and we went back to your house and talked. And it was, I wouldn't call it a sparks flying like immediate. <laughs> but she invited crazy, you back it, to her house to talk. I feel like that's very promising. <laughs> Well, we all went back, yeah, to her house. It was like a big group of people, though, and everyone was coming At to my house, time. so it was kind of like... Yeah. I wasn't insinuating but... anything more than yeah. just chatting. <laughs> You're, you get back yeah. to church. Right. <laughs> so you guys did it the old-fashioned way, get to know each other before you get married. Yeah, we did it we the old-fashioned way, for sure. Yes. So, so anyways, then, then after that first meeting, it was pretty much two years of pursuit, and I pursued her for two years and she kind of didn't really want anything to do with me she did but she had a lot of walls up it was a process to get her i like i say in our book i knew there was no getting to her heart she had to lay the drawbridge down from the inside and it took two years to get her to do that so audrey what was it that was kind of holding you back and keeping you guarded yeah. So uh, independence for, yeah, mostly that honestly, I mean, we were in college, we were freshmen in college when we met. And at the time I was just out of a relationship, like two weeks before we met. So we actually, I actually thought my friends were crazy for trying to set me up because I'd just broken up with really the only serious boyfriend I had ever had. Yeah. But then mostly it was just that I was like, I was a collegiate athlete. I was like focusing on school and just doing other things that I thought were more important at the time than having a boyfriend. <laughs> and so I just had lots of walls up for that and yeah. kind of prideful. And I really prided my independence. Like I don't need no man kind of like attitude looking back. Like that was my attitude, um, which is terrible, but <laughs> how many times did you guys actually see each other over that period of time? Over the two years where you're pursuing her. Yeah. Well, over the two years, quite a bit. During the friendship time. Well, so we were so we were in school during the school year. And then I was away at school, but Jeremy was still going to community college in the Portland area at the time. So when I would come home on the weekends, I would like see him. We'd go to church together. We were like an hour away from each other. We had But all- then we had yeah. like, when I came home for the summer from college. We'd hang we, out every day. We hung out a lot in the summers. Two summers in a row of hanging out Almost before we started day, yeah. dating. <laughs> yeah. I think before that's- you made it official. Before, yeah. exactly. So, was it Facebook official or just kind of in your head official? It no, was, so, it was well, Facebook official when we, we started dating. It made, yeah, made it to the Facebook official status. Yeah. That's when you know it's real. That's when you know At it's the real. time, too, because this was like, it was like that was way more a thing. Now it's like, way. who cares about Facebook? <laughs> Back then, it was like, you know, yeah. you, did, you did that. For sure. Oh, yeah. People no, paid attention. To we that. had a whole conversation. You got notified if you got broken up with. That we, was like a thing. So and so broke up with. Remember that? Terrible. That is terrible. You I always what? wondered what happened if you break up and then you have those pictures together. You know, the memories pop up. Oh, I know. It's kind of a funny thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What do you do? Yeah. People edit them and you start to see halves of people. So I'm trying to get to the bottom of this because I think there are a lot of people who are looking for love. And I think that that's the whole point of your book is to help these people find love. So can you give tips on for Audrey? What was it that Jeremy was doing? I have two questions. Okay, one for Audrey, one for Jeremy. So Audrey, what was it that he was doing that kind of helped you break those walls down? And Jeremy, what allowed you to be so patient and persistent? What was it that gave you a glimmer of hope? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, good question. <laughs> Okay. 
Okay. So for me, I would say the first thing, the first chapter in our book is called A Patient Pursuit. And I think that that is really what it was. Jeremy pursued me, but not in a creeper stalker, talk to you all the time. Wait, it was very patiently. He pursued me very patiently. Every now and then he'd send me a podcast suggestion or he'd send me a book suggestion or he'd ask if I was going to something, you know, in the area or whatever. But it was never like, hey, want to go on a date? You know what I mean? Like it actually wasn't until from our initial blind date setup to like our actual first date where he asked me on a date. That was like a year and a half later. So, And I think this this is something I kind of share in the book that I think is a perspective that culture wants to put on things. What culture would have called friend zoned, I called pursuit. Hey, I I like it. (laughs) I think that's a perspective shift that a lot of people could have that might help their journey. It's like, yeah, you're totally friend zoned. Like, that's the point. She's trying Mm -hmm. to see if you're a man worth not friend zoning. Preach it. I love it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, that's, yeah, it's like, it's a Mm -hmm. safety barrier for a lot of women that most men aren't persistent enough or, you know, to to breach that, patient enough to breach that wall. Once you breach the wall, that's where the treasure's at. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Patience is a virtue. I'm an ordained minister and I do weddings. I wrote my own service and one of the pieces, it was, love and relationships, it is a journey and not a destination. And those are your memories. And those are the ones that you cherish and keep and capture. For and sure. Once you get to the marriage, I've learned, and you know, this was because we were married at first sight, how much work is involved after. You should not settle, yeah. continue that pursuit. And I think that's where couples stay hot and sexy and fun. And I mean, you can't keep the effort all the time. I can't say that I'm I'm always in pursuit of him, but you do have to keep some of what got you there. Yeah. Oh, definitely. <laughs> do you guys have any tips for our listeners on different ways that you can keep that pursuit, that fire, that passion alive, whether you're just dating? And I know you guys did long distance dating, so I'm sure people could like use a little tip on that because a lot of people are actually matching through online, match.com and things like that. So there's a lot of long distance relationships happening. So what kind of tips do you have for our listeners to kind of keep that fire alive? Well, one thing that Jeremy, just what you were talking about a second ago is just the idea of keeping pursuing, you know, like the pursuit doesn't end once you say, I love you, or once you start officially in dating or even on your wedding day. And something that Jeremy says all the time, this is kind of like the, the slogan of like what we do with being 50% in our book. It's to find and still seek. Now that is love. So you, when you find love, but you still choose to seek it every day, that's yeah. true love. So that's something that like has been kind of like a slogan in our marriage. But I will also say just... I was just going to say one way we keep the fire alive and that's worked for us in our five years is it sounds unsexy, but it always leads to sexy. guys. <laughs> But no, seriously, that is, <laughs> it's super unsexy. It's rhythms and routines. Establish a time a week, like schedule sex, for example, right? So many people wait for sex to be this spontaneous, out of the box, like, uh, like just crazy thing. And it's like, then a week goes by. And then the longer the time goes by, the less it's likely to happen. Mm-hmm. But if you're scheduling it a day a week, you know, it's like, then, then it, it'll just, it's going to happen because you know, it's on the schedule. Okay. Sex time. All right, babe. You want to, it's like, okay, time to go do that. <laughs> but then also once you have but, that scheduled and you're doing it, it actually makes you want to more. And so then you still also have those spontaneous times. You have something to fall back on as opposed to like, if you wait long periods of time, then it's harder to get back into it. 
And then you're even less likely to have those spontaneous times of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's almost like once you have that, if you have that baseline of like, you know, this is where, this is like what we are committing to, then like, it's almost like a, an instigator for those spontaneous times. I think that's such a yeah. good point because we used to schedule sexy Friday time, dates. as you call it. Yeah. yeah. And then we just kind of got Which off the rhythm. Which would be dinner and then go to Target and see what's on the clearance rack. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes. Exactly. That's amazing. But no, I totally agree because it keeps you both, it holds you accountable for something. It really, it keeps you looking forward to something, but also keep you working towards something. It keeps you doing something. And I was just trying to pull it up. I'm not going to spend my time trying to find it, but there's a Timothy Keller quote that I think is fantastic. And that is, I'm going to paraphrase it here, but that is, people would like to think that feelings of love lead to actions of love. But would it not be truer to say that actions of love consistently lead to feelings of love? And that's where like, you're full of so many quotes. I want to just quote you like, I mean, I guess that's not yours, but... Yeah, that's the Jeremy book. speaks in quotes and metaphors. I mean, I'm lots like, of reading. Jeremy has a line of throw pillows that are going to be available soon. <laughs> we'll be finding those on the Target rack. Oh my but you, you'll find out. I just recycle the, <laughs> the content there. But. Oh, but it's so good. No, but it's it's so true though, right? Because so if you're consistently scheduling those actions of love, it's it's going to lead to those feelings of love. It's when we lose those act, the rhythms of those actions, feelings ultimately dissipate, and they you have trouble finding them. Absolutely. So I know that you guys have a bunch of tips for couples before they say I do, which maybe Doug and I could have used, but we didn't know each other. (laughs) (laughs) Could you throw us some of those tips real fast? Because we can't give them. (laughs) Yeah, we have no advice. We didn't have any courtship. Well, no, I want to say something to that though, because it goes off of one of the advices. Like you guys have an awesome, unique, beautiful love story. Oh, thank you. Yes. And part of our book is simply most of our book, actually, is just convincing people you have a love letter life. It's whether or not you want to write it. You have a unique story. And the second you pursue and press into your unique story and quit looking at everyone else's on social media and quit complaining that that boyfriend didn't give you 13 roses like the other one instead of 12. It's like, no, live your love story. The second we all start doing that, I think there'll be a lot more beautiful love stories out there. And that's why it's encouraging just talking to you guys and knowing the little we do about your stories. Like that's inspiring because it's yours and unique and you're owning it. Too many people are trying to live someone else's love story. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Again, I could just like, I, Audrey, put him in a box and just let him talk. He's so inspired. No, no, no. <laughs> Audrey has this a lot of love. This is why I, I get it, Audrey. I get it. <laughs> no, but that's so true though, because we all look at Instagram or Facebook or whatever, and we see these happy couples that only show the highlights of their marriage. We all go through the good and the hard times. We never really showcase the hard times. Yeah. And truth of the matter is, is that that happy mm-hmm. couple that you see, you can have that same happiness yeah. if you just start to look at, look within yourself, your own marriage, your own relationship, yeah. whatever the case may but be. But you own it. Yeah. But you can't have their happiness. Right. You can't, you, yes. Sometimes. And I, you don't want that. Like that's you want your own, you know? Right. Because that's people, not, yeah, that's it. People pro- project what a couple is like, or if people that are listening to your podcast, people that follow us on social media, same thing. They think you're one way. And they project on who you are, what you do, how happy you are, how much money that you make when there's so much to say in creating your own path. Yeah, totally. Just create your own story and it should be unique. It shouldn't be anybody else's. It should be yours. Exactly. Yeah. 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 100%. 
And that, and that's really, <laughs> like I said, that's like what the book, that's really what we try to do in our book is just convince people to do that. I cannot, I, I cannot wait to read your guys' book. No, thanks guys. Do you have the tips before saying I do within your book? Oh yeah. What are some things that we can find in this book? So yeah. um, one of the things that we say a lot and kind of the heart behind this book is to help people you know, our generation is so obsessed with spending all this time preparing for their dream wedding, right? All this money, all this time, all this stress, but then they do nothing to prepare for marriage. Yeah. So true. Our book is like, we want to inspire people to spend more time preparing for their marriage than their wedding because their marriage is forever or you should want it to be. Yeah. (laughs) And your wedding is just a day. So for us, like the book is a lot of just essentially like the story of our love from our first date to I do, but we also kind of say it's like this is us esque in the sense that we flash forward into our marriage and then back into dating, back and forth a little bit. Yeah. But we share a lot of just like the things that we talked about and and did in preparation for marriage and um yeah. which is so funny because it's a totally different story than you guys, right? Yeah. <laughs> but a lot of preparing for marriage is understanding yourself, mm-hmm. right? Or it's like knowing mm-hmm. yourself or just being the type of person that's worth marrying, Yeah, right? That's an individual task that you can do with or without a boyfriend or girlfriend. Mm-hmm. For sure. Absolutely. And if you conquer that task individually, focus on self-love and self-care, then you- you'll be stronger. Yeah. Yeah. And you're going to attract yeah. someone like-minded and yeah. you're, then you're going to find that this relationship that you're looking for is more attainable at that point. Yeah. I- Genuinely cannot wait for so we pre-record these episodes for everyone listening at home. So I haven't gotten the book yet; it hasn't even been released yet. When is your book going to be released? April second is launch date. Yeah, so it's like when this airs or whatever, it'll be it'll be, it'll be out yes. and in the world. Yeah, so I'm so so happy that you guys have come on. Real and that fast, you though. kept all the letters. Yeah, and honestly, thank you for being so open. You two are genuinely very, very inspiring, especially after this chat. Just so inspiring, really. Thank you. I love the love that you have for each other, but the love that you encourage others to have for themselves and the help us see that we can all have a great love. A love letter life. Yes. Oh my gosh. So quotable. (laughs) We can all have a love letter life. We can all have a love letter life. Yes. But it's true. It's so true. How is the farm? Yeah, dude. Here we go. It's all right. It's good. It's chucking along. Is it? Is it a pumpkin farm? Yeah, it's a pumpkin farm. It's doing good. It's a little tired. I think needing a, a little TLC. My dad's getting old. That's because you guys are all... Promoting the network you're on. Is that why you're saying that? TLC. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's funny, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, which actually, I don't know if you guys know, but we quit the show. We So we left last year. Why did you quit the show? You know, it's just... When Turns you... out writing a book is a lot of work. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, we just had a lot of... When you do anything for 15 years, you get to a point where you ask yourself, how much longer do I want to be doing this? And we just got to a point where we were pursuing a lot of... I like to call it millennial entrepreneurship, but we were just pursuing <laughs> a lot of avenues out on the internet and pressing into areas we felt like the Lord calling us and like things we wanted to do and achieve. And the show set us up really well to do that, but it at some point didn't really become the way we would do it. So for us, it was just that thing where we evaluated very seriously and just said, I think it's time to step away and just take that leap of faith, if you will. Sure. Yeah. And press into some other things. And it was very exciting and it's been nothing but a blast. It's really the wild, wild west out there and we're just along for the ride. 
That's amazing. Now, all honesty right here. Are you happy that you guys stepped away? Because I know sometimes when you have the the stability of... I mean, you were doing this since you were 12. Yeah. So there's got to be some sort of stability and sense of relatability in filming. And this is what your whole family's still doing. I mean, there might be a sense of maybe feeling left out or or I don't know. So are you happy with the choice that you made? <laughs> yeah. I would say we're pretty happy. I would happy. say we're absolutely happy. <laughs> We've been so affirmed in the decision. And I think when you break the... Stability is an awesome, beautiful thing. But when you break the chains of stability, that's when you go out on the adventure. I think of like setting sail on some awesome boat. Boats are nothing but stable, but that's where the adventure is, not on dry land, right? And Metaphors. so for us, <laughs> yeah, for us, it was just like, wow, like we could sit here and try to chug this out year after year yeah. when deep down in our soul, we felt very strongly, it's time to go do something else. Mm-hmm. And I want to look back either accepting a mistake, which would be way more exciting than wondering what would have been if if we had the strength to just say no. Yeah. Well, I mean, it sounds like you guys don't really live with regrets. In 15 years, it's an informed decision. And I'm right. sure it was almost, I'm sure it was a weight lifted off of your shoulder. You know, got, mm-hmm. Right. It was awesome. Nothing but good things to say yeah. about it. If you were to ask me, would I do it over again? I would say yes, which I think sums up my experience pretty well. Great people, all the things, still supporting my family, just not for us. Not for us right now. Things like the love letters and podcasts, I think that's the only way that you can commit to other things and put... Right. Yeah, you guys know it's time to do Rather than taking half a day because you have to do this and you're kind of begrudging. Especially with a a daughter now that... It really is. That's where scheduling sex comes into play. (laughs) Yeah. We have to wait till she... You know, I uh, I always said though I'd never imagined I'd be a guy that would wait till he got married to have sex with my wife. But here we are. We, we are. wait till we got married. Yeah, <laughs> because we got married as strangers. <laughs> oh, you had to explain that. <laughs> <laughs> if there's one thing that you want our listeners to take away from this podcast and also from your book, A Love Letter Life, what would that be? <laughs> take it away, quote quote well, no, master. No, you. Yeah, really. Yeah, if you got something, go. No, one thing. I would say just at the at the end of the day, it goes back to kind of what we talked about in the beginning half of this thing is like, we just want everyone to truly believe that they have a unique story to tell. And they're writing their love story, whether you're single um, and writing an awesome prologue, whether you're dating and filling up some chapters or whether you're married and, you know, Write, you know, writing the story. It's like, you've got an awesome love story wherever you're at in life. And I think when we intentionally choose to press in and pursue it, that's where you'll come most alive and be the most happy. And ultimately, just remember that to find and still seek, now that is true love. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the takeaway. And we just want to encourage people to do that and live their best story. That is message. such a good message. I cannot wait to read this book. I'm really so excited. I'm genuinely inspired just sitting here talking to you. So thank you guys for put, putting your words of wisdom on paper yes. for us all to read. Yeah. Is it available at Amazon and Barnes and & Noble? And- yeah. You, you can just find it at aloveletterlife.com. Super simple. Or our socials and all that. So yeah, any everywhere it's anywhere books are sold. Anywhere books are sold. Awesome. That makes it easy. You guys, I know I just wanted to throw a little plug in there because I know you guys have an awesome podcast called Behind the Scenes. You guys have Beating 50%. It's a blog. And it's also if anyone who's listening wants, you know, just like inspiration and words of wisdom, head to that blog for sure or their podcast and pick up a love letter life. It'll be available. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank for you guys on. so much for coming on. Thank you.
Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having us. Enjoy. And Good luck. Please with give the farm my best. I will. Yes. And if I'm ever out there, I will. I will work for free. Yes, guys, make it out here. We work for pumpkins. Yes. No, there we go. <laughs> I'll give you a call. Yeah, absolutely. Good luck with the, with the launch of your book, guys. Good luck. We Talk need that. Yeah. Yeah. Coming hey, October. It's been a pleasure, you guys. Yeah. Thanks, you guys. So yeah, Jeremy and Audrey, <laughs> serious goals. I mean, Jeremy, if he could just follow me around when I'm down and spit out some love quotes just to make me smile. Yeah, he, he steals them from all of the, the pillows in the department stores. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. He's just like That's so funny. full of like just love. The two of them together, it's yeah. like their love for each other is so infectious. And yeah, that was fun. I cannot wait to read their book. So their book came out April 2nd. A Love Letter Life. Yes. And it's literally a number one bestseller on Amazon. It has a ton of five-star reviews. And I can't wait to get my hands on this book and read it myself. So thank you for joining us for another episode of Hot Marriage and Cool Parents. Hope you had a lot of fun just like we did. If you guys wouldn't mind to just screenshot this, post a selfie and tag at Jamie and Otis and at Hot Marriage Cool Parents. I want to get to know you. So tag us oh, yeah. so that we can we see your give faces. You a shout out. Yeah. And if you feel like taking a hot minute to leave a review on whatever platform you're listening to this, hot we would... minute with hot marriage and Yeah. Then it would be really cool. Like hot marriage cool parents. Awesome. Is that too corny? We'll see. Mom you next... jokes. We'll what? see you next week. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. See you guys next Bye. week.